<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84-L-O-U and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Hello, everybody. This is The Great America Show. Welcome. I'm Lou Dobbs. Well, let's see. We have a big United Auto Workers strike against Detroit's big three car companies. Actually, big two because Stellantis is actually foreign-owned, and the strike is expanding. We have a president who's being impeached, by the way, properly and robustly. Evidence mounting against him daily, subpoenas flying, and a huge conflict as well in Congress over whether to fund a corrupt federal government or just shut that corrupt government down. So on this beautiful day in America, let's just examine what the federal government really is. It is first and foremost extraordinary, inexplicably and obscenely vast. It dominates all else in government, all else in scale. It's almost impossible to grasp how vast this federal government has become. The federal government is America's largest employer, 2.2 million civilians and about 1.5 million military personnel. The federal government employs more than 3.5 million people, and the taxpayer money that it takes to fund this government is all but incomprehensible. Spending $7 trillion a year, that's more than a fourth of our entire economy, and an annual deficit of $2 trillion, which is really $3 trillion, if you include interest on the debt, and you really should, which, by the way, is now the incredible sum of $33 trillion. That's the national debt now. A $3 trillion deficit. Only 15 years ago, the entire federal budget of the U.S. government was, guess what? $3 trillion. And the deficit was only $458 billion. It seems like a pittance now, doesn't it? While the budget has more than doubled in 15 years, the deficit is now six times that. That's a jaw-dropping, bone-crushing alarm to all of us. 
but not to the mad Marxist Dems. They really don't care. They insist on their destructive, spend and spend mindlessly woke agenda. The left is, well, truly pathological. In point of fact, a shutdown of the federal government might be the only rational choice available to us. What do you think of that? At least we wouldn't be subsidizing woke madness and abject corruption throughout the entire federal government on the current cosmic scale. Ours was once a rational system of government and a reasonable society, as close to a meritocracy as could be found on the planet. But now our military budget has to include funding for gay pride celebrations, woke initiatives throughout our government, and quotas, it seems, for everything. Woke equals servitude. And that's the left's intent. Our guest today is Richard Hananya, author of the most important book of the year, in my opinion, entitled The Origins of Woke. And importantly, in this outstanding book, Richard devotes his energy and his intellect and a lot of pages to how to combat wokeness and its corrosive impact on our society and nation. Richard, welcome to The Great America Show. Thanks for being with us, and congratulations on your book. The title, The Origins of Woke, folks, I recommend it to you highly. I think it's one of the most important books of the year. Congratulations to you and to the audience. Again, I recommend Origins of Woke to you. Thank you very much, Lou. It means, means a lot coming from you. Let's turn to, to woke to begin with. Let's talk about the origins of the word itself, woke, uh, because it's uh, come to me in, uh, in the vernacular, uh, everything that is left. Uh, and uh, and I got to, I'd like the audience to hear your definition. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a lot of the liberals, they like to pretend like nobody has a definition of, of woke. You know, it's sort of one of those things. I, I know it when I see it. And so conservatives often don't feel <laughs> like, you know, they don't feel like a need to define it. Um, but, you know, it's good to ha- sort of have that definition in case in case you're ever asked. And, you know, if you want to analyze a phenomenon, it's good to know what you're talking about. Uh, so in my book, you know, I start on page, you know, what are the uh, page four, I think it is. Um, I say there's three pillars of woke, right? It's the idea that disparities are caused by discrimination. Discrimination, anything, anything that whites do better on than non-whites or men relative to women, um, that's caused by discrimination, either present discrimination or past discrimination or some combination of the two. Uh, and then you need speech codes in order to overcome these disparities. So, you know, you can't stereotype people. You have to make people comfortable, you know, have a, uh, a work environment that's welcoming to all, you know, as defined by the DEI or the HR office. Um, and then you need, um, as implied by number two, you need a bureaucracy in order to enforce this, uh, these attempts to overcome disparities and then these restrictions on speech. And so these, these three pillars of wokeness, I think, basically encompasses what people are talking about. And the book goes on to show that a lot of this stuff is based on law. And, you know, there's something we can there's there are ways through the legal system, through politics to fight back against it. And, and you chart the path of uh, moving from a society uh, whose strength uh, was not diversity but the 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 ability to bring uh, all sorts of folks uh, into one common uh, loyalty uh, to a nation and to aspire to the same thing to principally be uh, part of the middle class which is where the the heart of the of the american dream beats uh, and to all who aspire to it and suddenly we are a society 
uh, that looks first and foremost to that which makes us different. Uh, we look at differences rather than commonalities. And uh, when we find differences, that gives government license uh, to uh, seek equity. Yeah. Uh, so there's, you know, a few things. I mean, you're I mean, you're right that, you know, there, this stuff does serve to divide people. I mean, even the way we classify ourselves by race, uh, the categories Hispanic, Latino, they really didn't exist to any large extent before the government started using these terms. Asian American Pacific Islander didn't even exist in the English language. I, I show through some text analysis of books uh, until the government created that as a, as a category. And now people sort of believe in these categories. Right. And we financially incentivize um, people to uh, lean into their identities, there's potentially, you know, a huge payoff if you say somebody made me uncomfortable because, you know, um, of, of my race or sex. Uh, so, yeah, you have these, you know, these legal structures and these incentives that, you know, one of my arguments in the book is they change institutions. So the institutions have to keep up with the law. They, you know, they're regulated and they have to engage in self-regulation. Um, at the same time, you're also, and I can, I think I showed this pretty clearly, changing people's psychology, uh, changing how people see see themselves and see, see one another and see themselves in relation uh, to the nation. Uh, and so, yeah, the law could have, you know, serious downstream effects. And I think I think, you know, a lot of people have documented just how bad wokeness is. Um, I don't think anyone has gone back and sort of traced it in the legal and bureaucratic, you know, to its legal and bureaucratic source. Let's go to the idea that suddenly we are watching an alliance among human resources departments in corporate America. We are seeing alliances there with uh, the, the Marxist left. They have uh, found common ground uh, in wokeness that uh, it, 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 it adheres to their benefit. Uh, and it's going to be very difficult to break, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that one way the law interacts with sort of these ideological factors, you have a friend who calls it a force multiplier, right? So if you start out dividing the government forces businesses and the government does it itself, divides people by race, divides people by sex, creates incentives uh, to people to see people for people to see themselves that uh, that way um, and eventually profit off of it. Yeah, I mean, you have communists and you have people who are far leftists and, you know, people who are, you know, the, you know, uh, radical feminists and they can go and they can you know, they can um, they can instrumentalize this and they can basically, you know, profit profit themselves. So you'll find, you know, there's a there's always been a long history between sort of uh, uh, people in uh, so-called civil rights and, um, you know, Marxism, far leftism. Uh, and so, yeah, I think the law opens up these sort of opportunities. And, you know, it's not just about changing the, the law, you know, rolling back a lot of the uh, mm -hmm. uh, doctrines that have been bad. You know, I, I, you know, it's important to fight on the cultural level, you know, in the media, um, you know, through the education system, which I see conservatives doing, too. Uh, so, yeah, there's 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 a, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot to fight. There's an interesting, uh, if you will, constraint uh, on the part of the of the right, uh, Republicans, conservatives, independents, who are unwilling to to tiptoe up to the edge of saying, wait a minute, this is Marxist philosophy and doctrine at work here. Uh, when you attack the nuclear family, when you attack uh, the, the the standards uh, by which a country lives, our cultural cultural inherited uh, and heritage uh, is just uh, rife with uh, splendid uh, examples of heroism and a, a history that is uh, remarkable compared to any nation on earth. American exceptionalism, but you can't say that because. Not all Americans are exceptional subtly, and therefore you have to be very, very careful 
because group and identity politics will weigh in very quickly. Uh, what are we to do? What are we to do to return to a time where uh, we were colorblind, uh, where there were no quotas, and where uh, everyone who, was, uh, who aspired to achieve in this country got a fair break, and it was a meritocracy, not fully and not perfectly, but certainly more so than it is today with institutions that now have decided that diversity is our strength and that uh, they can weigh in you know, they can weigh in on the scales of uh, equity and equality and forget, don't worry your pretty little head about real equality. Yeah. So there's been, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, you know, the way I put it in the book is that, you know, this, we didn't get to this point culturally overnight um, and we probably uh, won't get out of this overnight, right? It's been these, uh, you know, these uh, extreme civil rights laws have been there for sometimes in some cases, four or five decades. Um, we can, but we can start today and we can, you know, argue and we can argue in the marketplace of ideas, of course, the education system. But what the book really uh, stresses is that I give specific advice for people who are in the judicial Judiciary, uh, people who are legislatures and people who are going to be in the next uh, in the executive branch in the next Republican uh, administration, um, you can you can repeal affirmative action and government contracting. Uh, you know, you can do that on the first day. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy um, has already promised that. Um, and then you can uh, the Supreme Court can revisit some of these uh, harassment decision laws and particularly Griggs, which had disparate impact, which said that if you give a test or any kind of uh, metric to measure employees uh, or to hire or fire them or promote them. Uh, if one group doesn't do, if one group does better than the other, uh, that's presumably uh, racist. It becomes a burden, becomes on the employer uh, to justify it. Um, and so, yeah, I have an entire chapter. It's called "What Is to Be Done," and I just hope people sort of use that as like a, a blueprint going forward. We're going to take that up here in just a minute, but first, I'm, we're going to take a quick uh, break. We'll be coming back. Uh, with Richard Hananya and uh, his uh, splendid book, The Origin of Woke. And uh, it's, it's, it's a fascinating book. I recommend it to you highly. And we'll be right back. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're back now with Richard Hananya, and he has authored the uh, brilliant new book, The Origins of Woke Civil Rights Law, Corporate America, and the Triumph of Identity Politics. 
Uh, and I, one of the things I love about your book is you pr- provide uh, pr- prescriptions for uh, resolution. Uh, you also, in doing so, uh, test my uh, my uh, skepticism a, a bit because I I see a federal government that is made up of primarily Democrats and the permanent bureaucracy, a federal government that's under the control of the deep state, the Marxist Dems, without any, uh, and there should be no doubt in anyone's mind that that is a, a, a statement of fact and truth. Uh, and I don't see how the Republicans gain sufficient parity uh, to, to move forward from this point without... A, a righteous clash uh, in the public arena in the in, to win elections and to do so uh, with all their might. It, it is a, a time of a ter- terrific turmoil and conflict in this country, but too many on the right don't recognize it. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think it depends on the issue. I mean, unquestionably, you're correct that uh, mostly it's mostly Democrats and liberals who make up the federal bureaucracy. You know, we know the media is slanted in one direction. That's unquestionably uh, true. Uh, at the same time, I think they sort of know that you know public opinion is not with them on these uh, on these issues. Uh, and so when the when the um, SFFA v. Harvard decision came down, banning affirmative action in uh, in universities, um, it was a you know the, some Democrats complained, liberals complained. But it was a pretty muted response. Um, there's some, been some stories in the Wall Street Journal, other publications, even corporate America is looking at their programs and they're saying, you know, the the, the sort of the market for DEI um, officers is sort of is is declined, you know, is declining. It's now a, it's it's now a bear market uh, based on the based on part on the decision. Um, and so, you know, the the Republicans do have um, the the conservatives do have the Supreme Court. Um, these things reverberate, and you know, it's it's easier for the left to continue programs that exist than it is to bring them back once they've been undone. So a combination of sort of Republicans knowing what the stakes are, um, having the judiciary uh, in their favor, having public opinion on their side, um, and, and you know, just being, you know, just just sort of knowing and having sort of the, uh, the path to go forward. Uh, I'm optimistic that something can be done. I, I think the uh, the, the uh, SFA, the Harvard decision and Trump's last day uh, in this last months in office, um, we had the uh, executive order on um, uh, critical race theory trainings of the federal government that there are all these stories about, you know, these people's businesses, you know, uh, they're, they're losing these government contracts. Uh, of course, Biden came in, he reversed it, but that's hopefully something you do in the next administration at the, you know, at the start of the administration rather, rather than the end. And on top of that, there's just so much more that a, a president can do. Uh, there, there is. Uh, there's an old saw that a president has immense power when it comes to destruction, uh, very little power when it comes to construction. Uh, and that is a, a dilemma for uh, every president except uh, except one. And that is Joe Biden. Uh, he has been the most destructive president in, in history. He has ignored every law, every convention uh, and every uh, assumed uh, responsibility of a president, uh, an open borders, uh, his foreign policy is utter madness. He is compromised. He is impaired. Uh, we have never seen the likes of this. We are we are at sea in this uh, American society, uh, and and it's going to be quite some time, I think, before we can rationalize even what is happening with corporate America, because importantly, corporate America's HR departments are a huge part of the problem here. We're looking at ESG, uh, Blackstone, uh, BlackRock, uh, 
and Wall Street uh, driving ESG, uh, effectively uh, CRT as well, uh, creating a, a not only a culture, uh, but an architecture and a uh, structure that absolutely demands wokeness. Uh, and this was uh, this was a country at one time where the Republican Party was hand in hand with corporate America and business interests, big business interests. And now we see, uh, you know, that foundation and it has shifted entirely to the Democratic Party. Uh, your thoughts on how easy it will be to break uh, corporate America of wokeness? Yeah, I mean, I really trace the history of the book about how HR really, uh, the entire industry grew in response to civil rights law. And, you know, I think I'm more optimistic on corporate America than a lot of people are because, you know, I think in the capitalist system, I think uh, given human nature, they want to make a profit. And so for a long time, the profitable thing has been to go along with wokeness because the media had so much power. It was almost like the mafia comes by and, you know, says, you know, nice business you have here. Be terrible if something happens to it. The person pays, you know, pays the, uh, pays the protection money. It doesn't necessarily mean uh, that they love the mafia, right? I mean, that's just sort of that, that's their only option. Um, and so just, you know, I think that if the incentives change, I mean, I think that corporate behavior will change uh, with it. The HR people will still be there. There's been some stories about since Elon Musk uh, bought Twitter uh, for the first time, you know, what do you know? Uh, for the first time in a long time, as long as people can remember, conservative boycotts start working. Target back down. Uh, they were really pushing uh, uh, Pride Month. Uh, Bud Light, you know, the whole Dylan Mulvaney thing. And just, you know, just in the last, you know, last several months, and people are tracing it to Twitter. I think so. the left used to have control of social media. That was sort of the, you know, that was sort of the, one of the most important pieces of infrastructure they had under their control. I mean, it could change just by one, you know, one man buying it um, and adopting new policies. Um, and so, yeah, I think that like, you know, there's a sort of a thing. Some things are harder, some things are easier. I think that the universities, you know, some of these uh, institutions are, are really difficult. Um, but I think corporate America, you know, I'm pretty confident we can move them back in the right direction. What will you do with the law? Because the law, the legal profession in this country, as you well know, is is Marxist left now. Uh, we're looking at law schools that are uh, with the Lincoln uh, Project, uh, all of the uh, left wing influences in our legal system. We are watching cadres of indoctrinated young attorneys uh, spewing from law schools every year uh, for as far as the eye can see into the future. It looks like uh, that will be the case. Uh, the court system is corrupt in this country. The federal, I'm not going to speak obviously about the federal court system. We've witnessed a corrupt, uh, judiciary from the district courts to even a couple of the two or three of the appellate courts. How do you deal with this issue, uh, intellectually, uh, and at the same time understand that this is a, an ideological battle that's uh, that's going to be long running. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no there's no shortcuts here. I mean, the uh, you know, luckily. Um, the, uh, you know, the courts are still appointed, you know, by the president, conferred by the Senate. I mean, so first of all, you just have to win elections. People ask me, what's the influence of the affirmative action decision going to be on institutions? And I often tell them it depends on who the next president is and, and whether he has a majority uh, in the Senate. There's there's no shortcut here. As far as sort of the uh, lower levels of the of the legal profession, I mean, that's right. I mean, some people are fighting, for example, the accreditation boards that are pushing, uh, you know, diversity classes and affirmative action on universities. Uh, people have to push back on that. 
that. Um, and, you know, I think conservatives, you know, have to do a better job of sort of reaching uh, young, educated people. I mean, it's, you know, the, there's, the, you know, it's not just, a lot of these professions are not just, uh, they just haven't got liberal or got woke because, you know, conservatives are not allowed in something. I mean, sometimes there is discrimination against conservatives. Uh, but, you know, I think we need, you know, I think we need to make clear to people, um, you know, just how bad liberal ideas and policies have been for the country. Again, you know, another one of these, uh, the goals goals of this book, just to tell people, you know, the social engineering here has been extreme and it's had harmful effects on the economy and on society. Absolutely. We're going to continue with Richard Hanania and his book, Origin of Woke. And what we're really talking about is how to kill woke. We'll be right back with that in just one moment. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back now talking with Richard Hanania, the author of the beautiful new book, The Origins of Woke, Civil Rights Law, Corporate America, and the Triumph of Identity Politics. Uh, it's that triumph of identity politics, uh, Richard, that I I have a lot of trouble with. Uh, there's a victory, a triumph uh, for the left on civil rights law, on uh, corporate law, uh, you name it. They seem to own it. How do we how do we reverse that? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's good. You know, you're right that on some things like civil rights law, I mean, they've been sort of uh, running on a post for a really long time. Um, at the same time, I think, you know, we should see that there are, you know, conservative victories out there when conservatives just sort of uh, worry about policy and advocate for their views. So if you look at like, the, you know, I have an article that said conservatives would all the time. So I pointed, for example, gun laws, right? Gun laws were much more strict uh, 30, 40 years ago. Now every, practically every state um, has concealed carry, which, which, all, which wasn't always the case in this country. We've seen amazing, uh, we've seen amazing progress on school choice just in the last two years. Uh, Ten states now have adopted some, have some form of uh, universal vouchers. You know, this this was a, again, this was something five years ago, ten years ago. Nobody would have thought this possible. Now there are some things where conservatives. Um, haven't done all that much. And that's because they've either neglected the issue or they haven't, uh, they haven't uh, fought for it. And so what, one thing I argue in the origins of woke, um, is that civil rights law has been one of these issues. It's hard because civil rights, just people think of Martin Luther King. They think of, uh, Jim Crow. They think of, you know, ending, uh, ending segregation. Um, and yes, civil rights did do that. Uh, but it's what it's been doing since that time, you know, has morphed into what we today call wokeness. Uh, so just, you know, bringing these, this, these, issues to people's attention and then it's just normal politics it's just understanding the issues it's just you know doing something with power and it's it's about fighting for it and i guess we are coming to the same place i i believe right now that if the republican party 
doesn't have more uh, fight, more strength, uh, more passion uh, than it's exhibiting right now, uh, it will be, in, in my judgment, a, a very difficult fight. And you have laid out, and God bless you for doing so, a way forward to deal with what is the antithesis of uh, this country's founding values, wokeness, the, uh, the, the Marxist philosophy that is uh, the foundation of the, the current Democrat Party. They are truly Marxist Dems and uh, are aligned more with this president, for example, is aligned more with the CCP than he is with uh, uh, certainly uh, any other element of this country that uh, is not outright left wing. Uh, we're watching what has grown into a fifth column in this country. When you look at the uh, the institutionals, uh, the institutions, whether it's academia, uh, public education, uh, K through 12, uh, whether it is corporate America, whether it, it is uh, politics, you name it, they own it. And we have to win in court. How do we reverse that? I mean, you're talking about the uh, the decision on Harvard University. Uh, at the same time that they won on affirmative action at Harvard, Chief Justice John Roberts says, and here's your path to an hands everybody an escape clause. Just have them write an essay for crying out loud. What do you do when your your judiciary is that corrupt? Because that is that is a that is both cynical and corrupt, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, you know, I think uh, you know, I I read that decision very closely, and I think people might be a little bit too hard on Roberts there. I mean, he also says, you know, he says very clearly, you know, don't don't think that you can just recreate the old system uh, through essays, and don't listen to the dissent because the dissent says to do this. They're not the best, you know, people to uh, to be advised on on how to comply with this decision. I mean, you can't say, you know, he couldn't say you can't mention race, right? You could have, you could of course have essays. Of course, it might come up. Um, um, but I think what the court uh, showed in uh, SFFA v. Harvard um, is that they're going to be very skeptical of all race-based remedies. And look, the universities are the hardest thing. The universities are, you know, when you say Marxist, I mean, this is this is the this is the uh, these are the institutions where that's most literally true, right? People whose entire identity, whose entire existence is overcoming racism, overcoming uh, sexism, and so forth, right? So they're going to try. They're going to do whatever they can, and you know, the conservatives don't have the representation in the universities, and it's going to be very difficult. Now, when you move to corporate America, right? When you move to other uh, other places, right? They're not going to be as creative and as determined, you know, to overcome the law, right? And so I think you're going. I think you're going to once you know, and, and the Supreme Court hasn't even ruled on one of these business decisions in civil rights. You know, I want the conservative movement. It's not just about the court ruling. It's about the uh, the uh, activists and the conservative lawyers to find the cases. And I think uh, Steve uh, Stephen Miller's uh, uh, Stephen Miller's think tank is doing this think tank or you know activist organization. Or whatever they're they're doing this now. It's getting those cases in front of them, and when they rule on them, um, you know, you're, it's not going to be like it's not going to be like the universities, right? Because these people care about profits. Their whole you know identity is not uh, engaged in social engineering. Um, and in this case, I think you know I think we can see serious changes. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's a it's a multi pronged approach. I mean, I have you know I try to talk to as many different people as I can in the book. I say if you're an activist, this. If you know if you're a, if you're a uh, uh, you know if you're a um, if you're a judge or a judicial clerk, think about 
this. If you're a, you're a lawyer, this is what you might have to do. You know, the left didn't win by uh, just one person, you know, coming and magic a wand, uh, waving a wand, right? They had people who, you know, put their nose to the grindstone. They work in all kinds of different professions. And it's going to be the exact same thing if we ever get back to a meritocratic freer country like we used to have. Well, I think your your book is going to be a very important, uh, a very important element of that. And I I, I am I want to repeat again, uh, the the author of the new book, The Origins of Woke: Civil Rights Law, Corporate America, and the Triumph of Identity Politics. Uh, Richard, you've done a, a you've created a a masterful uh, read and a critically important read for this country. Uh, I I want to. And I think, by the way, to support your view, I think that we heard uh, Bob Iger of Disney recently say that he's going to walk back Disney from the culture wars. Now, whether he does or he doesn't, that's an important statement that he made. And Wall Street was listening. And Wall Street is where a lot of wokeness resides. And they had to be thinking, wait a minute, ESG isn't the big deal here? Actually running your business and making money, which Disney hasn't been uh, making in the, at the levels that they're supposed to for some time now. Uh, their stock is near an all-time low and because they, they went in a very bad direction. That is wokeness. Uh, the same is true, uh, obviously, of Bud Light and Bud Anheuser-Busch uh, and, uh, and InBev, their, their parent. But the, one of the things people don't notice is Modelo. A Mexican beer is now the number one beer mm-hmm. in this country. And it's, by the way, uh, its beers are owned by InBev. So the the game that's being played with boycotts is not being done carefully. There's a lot of irony in it. And as you say, it's going to be a long, long haul. I, I just I, I'm I'm wondering just how much of this is science, how much of this is politics, how much of it is profit and how much of it is outright ideology. And I think ideology is winning right now. But there are some biological issues, too. We're watching a country that has uh, in uh, in terms of abortion over the uh, since Roe v. Wade, there have been 60 to 70 million abortions in this country. Country. Meanwhile, American citizens are going to Mexico to get abortions while Mexico is sending uh, illegals from 150 countries into the United States by the millions. Uh, we're in a period of absolute societal, uh, to me, a societal psychic break. Uh, it's, it's irrational what we're doing and what we're witnessing and the public policies that created all of this turmoil. Yeah, Lou, I mean... <laughs> We have a lot on our plate, unquestionably. Everything from abortion to, to migration to identity politics, uh, you know, uh, to the culture. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, all, all we do is we sort of we try to trace the history. We understand how we got here um, and we try to find the policies uh, that, that can reverse them. And I hope when people read my book, uh, they see in one this one sort of narrow area. Well, not really a narrow area. I mean, it's not, it's not narrow. At all. Oh, no, you're, <laughs> good, you're, good try, Richard. It's not yeah. narrow. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's maybe that's false humility. Yeah, it's it's you know, it's about meritocracy, free speech, uh, the kind of people who staff our institutions. Um, actually, a lot of 
of the other stuff is downstream of that too, because a lot of these people who adopt crazy policies uh, tend to be people who are, you know, not qualified for their jobs. They come up, they're bitter. Um, you know, a lot of the, once you get, you know, sort of uh, merit and you let uh, people, you know, have freedom and you let uh, the best person get a job, I think a lot of these uh, issues do do clear up themselves in sort of indirect ways. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot to do. And I'm, you know, I'm glad you're out there just encouraging people to think about these issues and to fight on them. You better believe it. We and we're just uh, grateful you for you being uh, with us, uh, Richard Hanania. He's the author of "The Origins of Woke: Civil Rights Law, Corporate America, The Triumph of Identity Politics." We recommend his book to you highly, uh, and we urge you to go out and. Uh, there's no time like now to read uh, such an important book. Uh, and uh, I, I assure you, Richard, uh, we are uh, definitely in your camp. Uh, we are cheering you on and wish you all of the very best. I hope you'll come back soon. Oh, absolutely, Lou. And if I could, I could say one more uh, selling sure. point. Uh, the uh, Atlantic had a review of the book. They called it a gateway to white supremacy, uh, I believe. Uh, so <laughs> oh. if, if, that, if you didn't want to buy it before, I think that should be, you know, that, that's another endorsement. My God, what the uh, the Atlanta Journal Constitution has become? No, no, the, uh, the Atlantic, the Atlantic, not the Atlantic. Oh, the Atlantic. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, the, well, they've been that for quite a while, so I don't have to uh, enumerate. Uh, we appreciate it, Richard. Thanks so much for being with us. The book again: The Origins of Woke Civil Rights Law, Corporate America, and the Triumph of Identity Politics, and according to the Atlantic, uh, a, a pathway to white supremacy. What what a what a hack uh, cliched expression they came up with. They could have done better than that. Thanks so much. Thanks, Lou. Thanks to Richard Hananya, and I urge you to arm yourself with both the knowledge and Richard's insights and thoughtful responses to the woke myth column that is now threatening meritocracy and America. The book is Origins of Woke, a terrific book. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. On The Great America Show tomorrow, we'll have author, journalist, great American Lee Smith as we take up the insidious and venomous Marxist Dems and their intended devastation of our great country. Please join us here tomorrow and each and every day, of course. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless and save America. America.